Newcastle Fans TV. Everybody, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulder Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. We love a comedian on the Greenwood and Mulder Show, especially one from the North East, and we have another one in store for you to listen to today. It is Blythe's very own Kai Humphreys. He's from Blythe. Come on, Sam, finish it off. You'll never ever beat... What, do you, do you want me to say Kai Humphreys or Dan Byrne? Yeah, Kai Humphreys, come on. Okay, you'll never ever beat Kai Humphreys. Um, <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer this week. Um, those of a, of, a, of a sensitive nature, just, just be pre-warned that there are some... Um, it's quite F and Jeff heavy. Um, there are, so, I mean, neither... Not, Johnny nor I are, are, are doob mongers. We don't... Um, we are very much law abiders when it takes uh, when it comes to um, the taking of of, of drugs. Um, Kai, not so much. So, so just just be just be aware of that. Nothing, nothing, nothing over the top. Nothing, nothing like that will make you go, "Oh my goodness!" Um, but yeah, just be uh, pre-warned. Yeah, again, again, a lot of a lot of um, what's the word? A lot of. Uh... Industrial language, shall we say? But uh, no, it was it was absolutely fine. It was great to listen to Kai. Uh, it was yeah. like talking to Liam Kerr. That was literally the conversation we just had. Liam Kerr, congratulations on your uh, on your wedding as well, by the way. But it was like it was like talking to him. So we were always going to have a good time. So. We we had a great time at Liam's wedding uh, last week. We had a great time. Uh, I. I mean, this came as 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 big a surprise as as the next round. But I, I, they had a dance machine there. You know, you, where you stand in the middle and you've got the up, down, left, right arrows. I beat everyone. I I finished the night with the highest score. I I beat everyone who partook, and I struggle to believe that myself. But yeah, it, it happened. So, what was the Abba, the dancing queen? Are you the dancing king, Mister Warner? Absolutely not, not with my dodgy knee. But um, yeah, I'm, I, what can I say? Um, just must be a, a competitive dancing, possibly. You nearly beat me the one time, but uh, you I didn't. I, lost by, I think I lost by just under a thousand, which I know that that seems quite a lot. But in terms of the, like a dance machine, that's not it's a probably lot. like one step, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, it's unlucky, isn't it? Yeah, one step is all it takes. Mm. Yeah. And I still won. But yeah, Kai, great to have on. Such a funny guy. Really, really funny comedian. So go and look up his, his stuff on, on YouTube or wherever, wherever you digest your stand up comedy. Um, yeah, really, really funny guy. And uh, mad about Tune as well. Yeah, he certainly is. He was decked in black and white, covering us in Glasgow, of course, which Newcastle. Lies gear. Glasgow. Well, actually, Newcastle will be going to Glasgow. On, Glasgow. On, on the day of this podcast coming out, which is Good new Scotland, if you want you. <laughs> Whoa! Who Glasgow. Yeah, tube. You've got Rangers versus Celtic in Glasgow, and obviously Kai mentions a little bit about that kind of rivalry as well, because his, his wife is from is from uh, from, uh, from Glasgow, and his, his, her family is all, all Rangers fans as well. So. Uh, we do speak a little bit about that as well, but it's uh, yeah, it's just such a positive time right now being in Newcastle. And we keep saying this every week. Um, 
There's, I would say we'll, we'll quickly talk one little thing about Newcastle and then we'll wrap up this uh, intro so you can listen to Kai. But there's been a lot of people saying, why are we not doing more stuff in terms of transfer dealings and journeys? We answered this good. question last week, didn't we? For, yeah. on, on, the, on the emails. Just wind your neck in and relax. Have a Solero or a Horlix, whatever you if, if you want, cold or hot, depends on the weather. Look outside. Just relax. It's fine. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry. Is, 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 there, is there a position that we have to get sorted before that first game of the season? Oh, people will say left back, but I'm not entirely convinced. Um, yeah. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. It'll be interesting. It will but be we will. We will. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's broadly fine. fine. Broadly fine. Yeah, broadly fine. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get this podcast up and running because Kai Humphreys is a man you just want to listen to, and especially when he's a comedian, as good and successful as he has been for the last decade or so, then this is certainly something that you want to listen to. So this is the Greenwood and Muller Show, and it is with Kai Humphreys. The Greenwood and Muller Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, Sam and I are joined by one of the best comedians Newcastle has to offer. It is a big welcome to Kai Humphreys. Kai, welcome to the Greenwood and Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. That's some, that's some high praise, that Johnny. There's some good co- comedians out our neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is, and we'll discuss a few of them later yeah. on the show. But I have to ask, I do apologise for our podcast listeners, but... I feel like the odd one out. Even though I am wearing a black and white hoodie, Kai's kitted up in the new Newcastle kit. Sam has the third kit for last season. Can I just ask Kai for someone that has only really, haven't really seen it properly, this new kit? How does it feel? Oh, it's classic. Like it? it's you know I, I got it for my birthday. I, I love the uh, black and white and the sponsor and how, mm. and how the how the fun 88 doesn't turn that into a number four and then once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, that steals the focus, doesn't it? I think it's a lot cleaner, this strip. Uh, I, my, my last got is it for my 40th. She, she, she must have ordered it months, like, beginning of June to get it in time for us, but it feels lush. Yeah. It, 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 looks, it looks a lot better. I always thought, like, Puma got a bit of a bad rap because, like, their designs, whatever, aren't, weren't as good as Castor's, but... That Fun 88 logo just cheapened the whole thing, didn't it? Uh, it does. And you know what? I, the, the last strip I got was the, um, you know, the, I always think it's synonymous with Bruno Gimresh, you know, the kind of glitchy black and grey, straight, like thin horizontal stripes. Uh, it, um, I, it's, a, it's got a sticker badge, and this is an embroidered badge. And this mm. is so much, uh, so much nicer than that one. Yeah, it makes a massive difference. I should just say Fun 88 are now the new sponsors of Greenwood Mall on the show going forward. So. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to start now on each other. Might no, just no, like no. They're just trying to deal with them. Uh, but what is actually going? But we'll talk about kits just for, for a few more minutes. What what is your favourite Newcastle kit? Because I think everyone immediately goes to the ninety five, ninety six season. You know the is brown that, ale. Is that your favourite? Is that is that the, the, like the the blue one with the brown ale? Are you? Because uh, I I think I instantly think of them now. Which is it? Ninety seven, the maroon and blue one that you think of David. Yeah. Probably that, probably that one, or mm. the um, the, the the blue one with the you know it's like a I don't know how many shades of blue like a kind of light, lightish not it's not sky blue it's like 
I'm trying to grab my curtains. It's not even that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's what I mean, where it's got like the strip across the middle and the. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, from, yes, from yes, the, from yes. The same yes. era. You which one? From the same era, that the, the brown yeah, era I, one. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I like those two. Those two are probably my favourite throwback ones. Mm. What about yourself? It's got to be the it's got to be the classic one, hasn't it? That like the home kit from that the granddad color classic brown ale. That, that I think yeah. kit design peaked then, and and we've just never seen from any club a better strip since. But I don't I don't mind. I like I do like the look of uh, this new one though. It uh, it does look. I mean, like the sponsorship keeping with the black and white thing. It reminds me a bit of the. Um, who did Juventus have? Was it like Jeep or something when they had like the, the same kind of colour scheme yeah. on their sponsor? It just looks a lot cleaner and, and, and classier. But uh, yeah, that's like, mine. Do you like the new green one? Have you seen that in real life yet? I've, that, I have, I, that's the kit I have seen in real life. And I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it because the pattern on the kit, it just doesn't look right. If it was just green and there was no pattern inside the kit, essentially, I think yeah. it would look pretty yeah. neat. But I just, oh, I just don't, I just don't like the actual design of the kit itself. Yeah. But I, I love the home kit. I have to be honest. Like from you, from you wearing it, Kai, obviously for our listeners, it's obviously you can't see it. But obviously, I've seen pictures of it previously. But it, I really, really like it. I think the one question that people ask is, what is the worst kit they've ever seen, home, away, anything? Like people mentioned the yellow kit from the championship season. That was a bit, as hard, it was a hard one to look at. It's gonna be Sam's wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the fucking shape we got for it. Yeah, but we had one like with the same colour scheme in like ninety nine two thousand. Like, uh, you know. It was just uh, it was just we're fucking putting my heat above the parapet, aren't we? We should have been keeping a low profile. Like I often think, you know, when um, when Chelsea are selling players to Saudi Arabian teams and there's tack of fucking Lone and Neves and stuff like that, you just like keep away from all of that shit. Keep my hands clean. We've already get we're already getting a lot of negative press. The last thing we want to do is be attracting more. But I guess. Yeah, but it's not like we're selling Jeff Hendrick to Saudi for like eighty million or like, you know, send send now Paul Dummett signed a one year, let's send him out to Saudi for, you know, ninety million. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not we're not doing anything that that's sort a, of that's exactly what I'm saying, is we should stay away from that. Mm, <laughs> abso- absolutely. I mean we were talking before we, we, we started recording about uh, Neves leaving Wolves in his, his peak years. I would have loved to have seen him play for us and, and us put a, a bid in, but I don't know. I don't know what to make of these players in their prime going over there to, yeah. to, to waste their, their best years. Totally understandable, the one last contract thing. Like, it's, like the MLS, it's like the new way of getting to get one last, where you're the best player still from the age of 33 to 37, and you're going to get paid for another four years at the peak rate. I get that. It's when players go and when they're tw- like 25 to 28, when you're going there, you're selling a bit of your career for money rather than just getting that extra bit of cash. Mm. How old is Neves? 28? Or 25. I think he's quite young. He looks a bit he older, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he, went the Wolves, he went to Wolves pretty young, so I think he's still quite young in terms of a, a football player. He's still, like I say, he's not even got into his peak yet, I suppose. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens there, but where did you, how did you fall in love with Newcastle United, Kai? Where did it all start for you? You know what? Because my, my mum and dad weren't, uh, weren't in the football, so I was never in a football family. And uh, I, I, mind, uh, I tried to support Man United in primary school. I swear to God, I tried and I got battered all over. And this is before like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't really 
I didn't really know what was happening. And then fucking all my mates, they took us, I went to one of my mates' houses and they made us do this like Johnny Lord's Prayer where I pledged my allegiance to the badge. <laughs> yes. So I, I reckon people could dig out pictures of me in a Man United top when I was really little. <laughs> so hang on, you went to school in Blythe on a non-uniform day in a Man United top and oh, I ne- lived, I lived to, to tell the tale. I never went to school, I would have got kicked the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't have a Man United top. I think it was the sweater that one of my mates who supported Man United gave us. It was the sweater with Man United shit on it, and it wasn't even like a. It wasn't even even like a unique like um official bit of merch. It was like a fucking knockoff bit of merch, and I was wearing Man United shit. And I was trying to support Man United, and fucking we we mates, my brother, everyone just were like, Nah, you didn't do that around here. And uh, I so it was around about Andy Cole era. Who, who then went to Man United? I, I, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm nothing but honest, mate. <laughs> I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be past coming back to Haunters. But I never, I never, um, I think the first match I went to for Newcastle was Peter Beardsley's testimonial. That was, nice. the first, that was the first two match I went to, and that was the first time I was like in the stadium and felt it, you know, like understood. So what what was good? I want to know more about that night then because obviously we've got the Man United shit out of the way. You had the shit. <laughs> you had you had the, you had the, you had the shit kicked out of you, and, and you know some would say rightly so. Uh, um, absolutely, oh man, the best. Honestly, the best bullying that's ever happened. They'd like <laughs> they say there's no room for bullying, but if he is a kid that doesn't know anything about football, your parents aren't into football, start fantasizing now about the wrong football team. Imagine, imagine anyone had checked that. <laughs> Imagine I was allowed to get away with that, my disassociation from my hometown. Mm. Not, not being able to, having a Geordie accent and wearing red. Oh, yuck. Yeah. yeah just, I mean, that would be, that would, yeah. This that's... is me, guys. There's absolutely room in the world for bullying. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely sorting us out. I'm a happier man for it. <laughs> but I was, too, was I was too young to have that. But like, uh, I, I, you know what? Hopefully, I would have changed my mind anyway. <laughs> Well, I think a night at Peter Beardsley's testimonial would have certainly done that. What do you remember from the atmosphere? And was there a moment where you thought, yeah, I've, I've, I've come round and I've made the right decision here? Do you know what? I've got this memory and I, it, it feels like it's from Peter Beardsley's testimonial. Did, can you remember, did Steve Stone play? Can you can you mind that or not? Uh, that wasn't Sheila's testimonial, was it? It was Beardsley. Because I remember someone getting his autograph and going, put a contract under it, get his autograph, but put it on a contract. And that, yeah. I, just, I just have that memory of someone uh, cracking that joke about getting an autograph of Steve Stone. Yeah, I think that would have been around, around the right time then, because like, Steve Stone would have still been in and around the England squad and everything. I mean, we should know because he's been on the show himself. But you know, you could have pre-warned us about I'm going to test your Steve Stone knowledge. Hey, mate, I didn't think you were going to ask about my lasting memory from Peter Beardsley's testimonial. These things are quite organic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, so Steve, so Steve Stone aside, what was what was the what was the night like? Like, did was, you have that moment? Was, it was the coming. It was the coming through the tunnel and just the magnitude of it. You know, like seeing just how massive, like fucking St James's Park is and feels. And I feel that I still get it now when I worked out. I think the last game I was at was the Leicester game, so it was dead important. You know, like it was the Champions League point, and uh, and, and that just buzz that's in the air as you work in. I remember when you feel that for the first time. It's like your first eggy. <laughs> I don't know how child friendly this is. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's fine. You don't have to be child friendly, thank God. 
know, but he didn't, he didn't believe that. He could have said anything. Uh, no, I mean, no, Raul told his story about Gaza and cocaine, so you, you're, you're fine. Fair enough. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you another memory from that testimonial, right? Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think as it's so long ago. Maybe it's we were the Gallagher and the Celtic fans were at the back end. Uh, and the Celtic fans all held up tune top uh, tune scarfs. So you had this yeah. like you had this wall of uh, green and white, but then holding up black and white scarfs, and it just looked tremendous. That is class. That, that is class. And you actually, you, you obviously just we were just speaking before we started, but you actually are living in Glasgow at this moment in time. So because obviously your, your missus is, is from Glasgow, um, is it very, is her family a Celtic family, a Rangers family? What is yeah, it? What, they're a Rangers family. <laughs> and, uh, it's so contentious that, like, if I ever have kids, if I do, I mean, time's ticking, I'm 40 years old now. Uh, if I have kids, I cannot have them having anything to do with it because I know my kids' uncle and granddad would would really want to take them to Ibrox and get them involved in supporting Rangers. Uh, I'd I'd be like straight on the train to Newcastle every game, just making sure that making sure that they had nothing to do with that because it's so like it's such a divided city. You know, when you're from a United City. Which some people like Manchester call themselves United, but other uh, when you're from an actual when you're from an actual United City, like you're not used to that contention, you're not used to that like hatred for each other. Am I wearing the right colours? Why I can run my own city kind of kind of thing? And uh, I, I just I just find it bizarre to have that much division in a place. Uh, mm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want my kid to be part of it. I'd pussy out. <laughs> and, then, and then my kid will be on a Rangers podcast at the, at the age of 40 again. When I was a kid, I tried to support Newcastle, but then I got battered in school. <laughs> you imagine not supporting the team you're from. They'll probably fucking end up with yeah. a similar story. And then I went to Alan McGregor's testimonial next week. Yeah. 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 He'll, still, he'll still be playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can relate to that because I'm living that at the moment, really, Kai, because um, I'm in the Midlands. My my uh, wife and her side of the family are all Aston Villa, which is sickening in itself. But no, my, my son, who's six now, he's been to St. James's twice and that's got him hook, line and sinker. So you I've. You see your wife's, wife's villa? Yeah. So what was that? Were you married when they relegated were? Yes. That was back to that was the two thousand nine relegation, wasn't it? Oh no, no, we weren't married then, but we were together then. Yes, we were together then. So that was. Oh, can, it can wasn't I, a good day. Can I imagine being relegated off my wife's team? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a good day. But the, but the day my uh, son was born, um, we beat Villa two 0 in the championship. So uh, swings and roundabouts, and he's he's very much a staunch Newcastle fan. I say so. <laughs> Luckily, I, I won the battle. But with you being in Glasgow, I mean, you're off to, to Canada soon, touring, am I right? Tomorrow, when, when When most people would be flocking to Scotland around this time of year, why are you getting the hell out of there? I'm going on tour, but uh, oh, you mean for the Fringe? Is that what you yeah. mean? I'm going to be back for that. I'm not, oh, I'm, not, I'm not going for too long. I am away for a couple of weeks. And then I'm back for the Fringe. However, I'm not, I'm not doing a Fringe show. I'm, I'm just going to get down there as a punter. I'm going to go through. I'm going to watch some shows. I've got two gigs out there opening for Daniel Sloss at the Playhouse. So two big ones. And then uh, and then I'm just going to go and enjoy it. I'm normally grafting, just bouncing from gig to gig to gig to gig. You know, I just you do little gigs about town to give out flyers for your show. So you're like, even though you've got a show between seven and eight in the evening, which seems like a good day's work, you know, if, you work, if you're used to working in factories and... 
doing like 12 hour nights and shit a one hour shift a small shift but you didn't do that you you do a bunch of early shows through the day try and get people over stay on do late shows get rid of flyers uh i'm not gonna do any of that i'm just gonna go an hour get the last train back I'm just gonna see it, some stuff i'm gonna be a punter is it quite refreshing though kai doing that because i'm not is it just is it actually to be able to enjoy what you do as a living by listening to other people? Is it, is it, it must be quite strange to do that, I suppose. I'm looking forward. I've never done it before. I've, I've only ever been at the Fringe in a working capacity. And, uh, and just because I live near enough by, I'm just going to get in and out. And I've got, like, me, me best pal lives in Edinburgh, so I can stay in here if it gets heavy. You know, nice. if I'm missing that train, because I'm just too, too sunken in the beers. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's new terrain for us, that. That's, that's handy having someone who lives there because, like, I can't imagine, like, it, with something like Edinburgh Fringe being so important, it, is it, am I right in saying it's quite hard to make a nice profit for if you're a comedian there because staying stay there for a month or whatever, everyone... It's a tricky one because you, you look at the breakdown and you want to cry. If you talk, if you talk figures, right, fucking, like, nobody's honest about money, so let's be honest, right? I, I worked away from the Fringe for, like, nearly four grand last year and that's not including the cash gigs that you pick up along the way. That's from doing your show. And that feels like, because I, I, yeah, I've worked minimum wage. I know what money is. I know what that money looks like. Right? It, it, it spends well. Four grand good, good amount of money. But the breakdown, it came from 17 grand of ticket sales. And I'm one of the people who done better off at the fringe. And that's a good, like some people, some people will do 25 grand of sales and they'll owe five grand at the end of it because they've had big poster campaigns, PR campaigns, shit like that. The Khaled dancing run the money fire. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. So you, you look at the money and go, you yeah, know what, well, that was a good month's wage for being at home and working. But you're going from, it's a better month's wage for other people than it was for the performer. So there's a, there's a disparity. There's an artist are getting fucked up the arse. Sorry for the. <laughs> I can see why I can see why you're buggering off to Canada for a few weeks then. Um, mm. uh, it's easier to just do uh do gigs for a set price where you're not looking at a breakdown where everyone's had a little dip. Uh, definitely, definitely. Who who were your comedy heroes as a kid? I think that, I feel like that's the, the, the first question to ask the community because that's where I suppose where you fall in love with, with, with the role that you do. But it was the was the one person that stood out for you and you and you wanted to I suppose not copy their comedy, but obviously look as that look to that as an example. I suppose. Yeah, the the person I, I watched the most and loved the most was Lee Evans, but I I never I never looked at that as inspiration or like because I, I never you know I never watched stand up thinking it was a job. I I always watched it because yeah, from growing up I thought it was Jack D, Peter Kay, Lee Evans, Jasper Carrot. Joe Brand, and now I'm running out. Pete, um, Billy Connolly, right? Like, uh, obviously. So when when you think like, there's probably a, a couple more that I've missed there. Big big names from when I was growing up. I thought there was just room for ten comics maximum, and then that was it. And uh, I never I never really thought of it as a job. And I went to watch stand up. Like, remember the Hyena Cafe? Oh remember, yes, remember yeah. that proper bear pit. I went and watched there. I went and watched a new material night there. No, I went to watch. I went to watch an actual club weekend first, and I picked up a flyer for the new material night. Uh, and when I was watching the club night, I was watching. I was enjoying it. And I was laughing at what they were saying. But I'm watching these comedians, and the cogs were turning. I'm like, I've never heard of these guys. But is this their job? 
is this our lady? Are they, do they go to craft the morn? Are they going to work and they're working all day and then on the weekend coming and doing this as a like an aside or is it a job? And I picked up this flyer for the new material night and I was like, I'm going to go into that and I'm just going to start learning the uh, the cogs of the industry. And I started at the time it was like the dawn of Facebook, but comedy didn't really use Facebook in any capacity. They used forums. So I was just constantly on the forums, just trying to figure out, trying to piece together if it was an honest living or if it, or if it was just something that you do as well. And uh, I just took it from there because I, I honestly just didn't think there was an underbelly of like, I think it's it's probably for the best that I didn't know that many comedians because I didn't draw inspiration or try and copy. When I started out, a lot of people were born in the image of Stuart Lee. Can you remember? Mm-hmm. He ran probably like 2008 where every young comedian was trying to be Stuart Lee. I didn't know who Stuart Lee was. So I wasn't trying to be him. And it was easy for me because Stuart Lee is so fucking talented and he's so good at that long form, make you wait forever for a punchline. And when the punchline comes, it's so worth it because he's suck at the end and he's really in. I'm doing five minute spots in this open mic. I'm doing five minute spots and they're wasting that five minutes trying to do long form stuff. And I was coming in just trying to get quickest route to the punchline, bang, 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 get as many punchlines as he can into five minutes. So uh, it was probably good for me that I didn't draw inspiration from somebody that was far more talented than I am because then you're trying to be something that you're not that takes years and years to to become and you're trying to date from day one so I I, th- I think that's a long answer to a short question <laughs> yeah. I mean, but fast forward to now whereas like you say you you were you were just starting out or whatever you could only name like half a dozen you could you like half a dozen or whatever just rolls off the tongue for guys and girls in the northeast I mean, like, what's the, what's how, not competitive. Well, maybe it is competitive. How competitive does the circuit get in the Northeast? Because obviously you, you're Millicans, you're Ramses, you're Nobles. Super supportive. I, Sarah Milligan was great to me when I was coming up. She'd been going about six years and just started doing TV when I started. And she really helped us along. Like, she really gave us advice and recommended us to promote us and stuff. And, uh, and uh, I was lucky on one of the competitions. She was one of the judges. And she, that was the first time she'd seen us. And I, I'm sure there was a little bit of bias <laughs> when, when she put us through to the next round. Uh, so I did, uh, the support in the Northeast is great. Everyone roots for each other. You know, like uh, like Chris Ramsey started a couple of years before me, but when I saw him getting these, like, Russell Howard's good news and stuff, I was buzzing for him. Like, I'd got the news. I remember, like, reading it on social media that he was going to be on TV for the first couple of times. And I was, like, feeling his happiness. I wasn't like, oh, that should be me. I was just like, fuck my boy. Like, I, I, I think uh, I will buzz, will buzz off each other's success in the Northeast. Is there, is, there, is there one person that you enjoy watching in terms of Northeast talent? Because obviously, we've, we've had a few Northeast comedians on this show. Um, some say some very stupid things about Eddie Howe, which we will touch about a little bit later. Oh, <laughs> poor Ant. Poor Ant. Was that Ant Young by any chance? Yeah, it was just a young. It was just a young. What did he say? <laughs> he's going to do this, but he didn't tell us what it was that he said. He didn't. He said, I don't oh, rate Eddie Howe. Is he? Is, That's what? what he said. I don't rate Eddie Howe. This was like, was it before he got the job, Johnny? Yeah, before he got the job. <laughs> you can forgive him for that. I don't know. Some of his mates has made an, a, a Twitter account just of just of him saying that clip. It's been clipped up and sent around various WhatsApp groups a lot. I love Amps. Ah, he's, so, he's so he's yeah, class, he but it wasn't he's, when he was on the other week. 
<laughs> if that's what I thought when he said that, when you said that, I'm like, what? What's Arif's there? Like, because it, there would be no way anybody could say that now. Even yeah. even rival fans, even people that hate, where there's no way they could not rate anyhow. Now he's done. He's done so magnificent. So that totally took us off guard. That, uh, but he was saying that because he died beforehand. I I thought he had defensive frailties coming in, and I was like, you know what? We'll get to watch exciting football. We'll get to watch us try and outscore them. And then we've had one of the best defences in the league. He yeah. sort we're right up. And, uh, and that, that, sh- that shocked us how good he was defensively. And I, I always stood up about, you know, when uh, there was a few people going, oh, you've got all this, you've got all this 300 billion pound and you've got a manager that's been relegated. You know, he shouldn't have been relegated that year. You know that remember I think it was Villa Sheffield United where there was yes. a, I didn't kick in and it would have relegated Villa and Bournemouth would have stayed up. It was only because of a fucking freak incident that he didn't survive relegation for the seventh time or whatever it was. So he's a survival specialist, he even specialized in it that year when he got relegated, he just got fucked over by dodgy technology. Uh, and that's exactly what we needed at the time. We needed a survival specialist, and we got one, and he survived with her. And then he went far beyond his remit and made her a Champions League team. <laughs> it's, 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 it's mad. It's, it's been not what we thought we were getting. We thought we were going to get the person that steadied the ship and kept it up, and then mm-hmm. had it go on to the next guy. No, I wouldn't take any single manager in the world ahead of him going into the next season. Not one, not Pep. I think I would. Okay. Man, I, I, I think this is going to get clipped in it. Now, now I'm getting clips in, I wouldn't take Pep. I just think the the path that we're on is the right path. And there might be a point at some point in the future where mutually, for him and us, there's a decision to be made. Hopefully it's not for many years to come and there's going to be a statue and he'll leave with a big, massive ovation when he, he's not going to be here forever. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, but Right now, right where we're going, the players we're getting, they're not going too fast, too quick, fucking method. Even though we're going faster than we thought we're going, I didn't want to change anything. In fact, I, I'm so I'm so fucking sentimental that even though I'm excited about this transfer window and the people are getting linked to you, the people that were signing, I get sad about the lads that are being displaced. The lads that, the lads that got were here. You know, when people start linking with left fullbacks and that, I'm like, fucking Dan Byrne, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, Dan Byrne is, is I mean, he's, I suppose he's on the verge of signing a new deal, so he's not getting, he's not getting discarded. And to be honest, with, I mean, how many good left-backs are there around Europe or whatever that are actually available at the minute? Because mm-hmm. there ain't many. So it really wouldn't surprise me to see Dan Byrne at left-back next season as well yeah. and nothing would please me more because I would just love to see him go face to face with the with Europe's best it yeah. would just be brilliant I'd, I'd like I want to see Paul Dummett slide tackle Killian Mbappe uh, that's that's crazy. what I want I, I, I'm going to uh, what's up with a bunch of comedians and it's disproportionately Arsenal like the, the, the fan base and I, I listed the players that were playing in the Champions League and like a lot of them had played in the Championship you know and you're listening like you're, you're Paul Dummett's and Jacob Murphy's and Sean Longstaff's who now like you're, you're, you're buzzing about how far they've come but like under Steve Bruce that seemed preposterous Jamal Lascelles like it seemed preposterous that they would all be playing in the Champions League and Eddie Howe's got them playing as a team 
And I think with Dan Byrne, I think Eddie Howe's plan was to have him as the like Botman and then De- Botman's deputy at mm. their left centre back. And he ended up he ended up having that good season at, at left back. But then but then when you look at the creative stats from Trippier on the other side, you kind of want them on the left as well to, to go up a level, don't you? Yeah, 100%. Do you think he can add that to his game? He, he, I think he, I think he can, but I just, I don't know. if Sam agrees with me when, when, when we, when you watch him on a regular basis, like we all do, uh-huh. you just feel that you just need to be a little bit more. I don't, I was probably the best way of putting it. Don't be scared to make a mistake going forward because no one expects you to do well there. So if you make a bad cross, it's fine because you've actually attempted to do something that we it's kind not- of don't really expect you to do. Uh, it's not. It's not the same as losing possession in a short pass to, to a midfielder, is it? If you exactly, you're whipping one in and it gets cleared. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that I think that will come with time. I think he, I, 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 I think. Yeah. Go on, Sam. Why? Why are you? No, I just, I just think I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but like, if if he's putting in crosses that are like not finding their target or whatever on a consistent basis, you'll start to get size. And yeah. a bit of angst. No, you no, you can't. But it's one of them. Look, he's done tremendously well. I love him to bits. And look, two goals last season as well from left back. That's that's not exactly a bad return, is it? I, I was at the Leeds when he scored that one in the Carabao as well. Oh, I was sat, I was sat right in front of it. The whole crowd chant. He, uh, the he's from Blythe chant. The uh, never gonna beat Dan Byrne. Best tackle I've ever had. I was in doing a show in Newcastle, doing me two-hour show at the stand. And somebody shouted out, "He's from Blythe!" <laughs> in the, the chat, I was I was blushing. I was like, "Best act I've ever had." Proud, but it's given, it's given us civic pride. So, how did you feel then going into that cup final for Newcastle against Man United, your boyhood club against your boyhood club? Um, how, did you, <laughs> how, did you, how did you? How did you find? How did you find the whole experience of seeing Newcastle progress to the final? Obviously, it, it didn't work out for Newcastle that day, but. Do you think we're not a million miles away from winning a trophy finally? I thought I thought that was the day. I thought we're going to do it. Then I was I'd been to the uh, quarter final against Leicester. I'd been to the uh, semi, the the home semi against Southampton. So like I'd, I'd been there watching it like all the way through. And I got I got offered it. Um, a friend of mine offered us a ticket, getting tickets for Wembley, and he offered us a ticket again to Wembley. And I was on my way to Vegas for a stag do. I was best man for. Which is the ultimate? I can't gan. Imagine, imagine on the stag do that I'd organised the Vegas. I took the Wembley ticket. I seems pretty logical to me. <laughs> I, I, I replied to the lad, "Gan, you've nearly made us cry here. I think this is the nicest thing anybody's ever done for us." Like in a, and I was pot committed. I watched it in Vegas with Americans. In watching football with Americans is the worst thing you'll ever do. It's, <laughs> It, it's horrible, and there was loads of Man United fans there as well. And um, then yeah. there was a there was a bit where David De Gea ran out the box and cleared it, and somebody pointed in my face and went, "Sweeper keeper, sweeper keeper." I nearly fucking killed him, man. I, it was that that horrible disconnect when Americans aren't joining football. Now they're come on, you Red Devils. It's oh god, eighty-eight minute. The checkered flag is coming down on you guys. The most awful way, the most awful, horrendous, cringeworthy way to absorb football on the biggest game of, of my life. 
Oh, can't can't wait for the uh, seven, Premier League Summer Series in America. Seven, seven in the morning. <laughs> seven in the morning. I hadn't been to bed. Vegas <laughs> ref and fucking American Man United fans shouting in my face. Not. I kind of do. I kind of did. that line just killed me. That the checkered flag is coming down or something. Oh, yeah. There's such a disconnect from it. Like that's it's like psychopaths trying to cry. You know, I'm saying like crying in like, crying in. <laughs> like <laughs> Americans enjoy football as a psychopath trying to cry. It's a horrendous level of disconnect. Well, uh, anyway, and uh, it was like, I was in Denny's before kickoff, right, trying to sort my salute, fucking sober up a bit, have a coffee before the game. I'd sent uh, I'd sent a Newcastle strip to me, uh, me two nieces and me two godsons. I sent them Newcastle strips that uh, th- three of them are two, my godson, my two godsons, and one of my nieces are two. The other one's a baby, so it was like a baby grow. And uh, the, the centre's photos just before the game, and I'm crying my eyes. Denny's, I'm standing up, I'm looking at the photo of the, on the cup final day at the Benz and that two strips, and I'm, I'm bubbling. And I, t- I turn at the lads, and I'm like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Don't tell anybody <laughs> I thought it was going to be over debauchery, but it's near to me crying over the, the youngins in the tune strips on the cup final day. But so, I, whilst you were over there, then did you did you see any of the scenes like in and around Trafalgar Square on like social media or whatever? Yeah, I I was I was in my phone and just saw the the whole fucking place was black and white. It looked amazing. Well, he's down there, way. Just a bit, mate. Where's the bastard, Johnny? Johnny, just, just, what, did you do? You, what, 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 what didn't we do? What didn't we do? We, we, we well, it, we, we got there on the Saturday after I got stranded in Derby of all places on the Friday night when we trained that cancel on the Saturday. Oh, yeah, I had to pick you up from Derby, which just because know. I'm in the Midlands, they think I'm close to everywhere that's remotely in the middle of the country even though it's like over an hour away from me. Oh, yeah, you can come and pick us up from Derby, can't you? <laughs> well, I don't know else I think on that day. It was either Derby or Birmingham. But anyway, yeah, by the time we got to Trafalgar Square on the Friday, um, Saturday afternoon, after having a few beers, actually got me into Raul as, as well, a dolphin next to King's Cross. He just appears it, from nowhere every now and again. I saw him <laughs> after the semi-final first, like in Southampton, pissing up a car showroom. <laughs> it's one of the people where if you say his name three times, Two times, one name, or even no times, he appears. Yeah. <laughs> but he, so it was just, do you know what it was, Ty? It was just the positivity. It uh, was just the, it was just such a nice feeling to just hear so many different Newcastle fans just being so positive about everything to, in regards to Newcastle. And to be honest with you, no, there's been no negativity since the day of the take, the day before the takeover. And that and that is just—it's so nice. You can go into the city centre. It's just—it's just mint. It is just so—it's such a good. You can't if you could bottle that feeling that we've had over the last two, well, just under two years. Um, you'd be a very wealthy man. But Trafalgar Square will be such a—it'll be such a big moment and such a memory for a lot of Newcastle fans because it was—it was kind of like a. I don't know what it was. It was just a. It was just like a, it was almost like a massive gathering. It was almost. It was just. It was just a ridiculous feeling just to see so many happy faces like the like, like yeah. the song goes. But uh, you're, seeing, you're seeing it was better than the Crown and Anchor in Nevada. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 Sleeper keeper. Yeah, there wasn't any of that. 
so what was the mood like afterwards then? Because I, I was I felt bleak after that. Like uh, it was such a weird. I just asked you a question, but I'm going to tell you what happened with me straight after. I'd I'd, uh, I'd organised for all to go into a poker tournament at Bali, so like a kind of low stakes one, but like with 45 people entered and a lot of people bought back in, and I ended up splitting the cash in the top three. Uh, and I think I got to the to where what I got to the the final table because of the apathy on my face. If I had a good hand, if I had a shite hand, I I I just. <laughs> I just been you know, a fucking shady awful of American Man United fans watching my team get beat at Wembley, and I joined the poker table, and I think it was the perfect poker face, and because I'm not the best cards player, and I think I just sat there just fucking playing my hand with like a robot melt on my face. It was it was it was a strange feeling because um, Johnny's normally quite calm and composed, but he was ready to fight everyone. Um, I, I'm normally a bit more emotional and I was kind of, I've just, I, I was kind of accepting it. And then a couple of days later, I'm still fuming to this day. Um, but like when you see Man United fans on the tube home and getting off at like tube stations where they're, they're, where they live, not just on connecting uh, you, to get to the station. Like, then, home game. Like people, people flooding out before they've lifted the trophy, and you're like, if that if that was us, we'd still be there now. Like tops off. It's it's just it's it, it was it was it was it annoying. Didn't, didn't deserve to win because of the the way that the way they reacted to it. It meant no to them almost. Do you feel? Pretty much. It, it would have meant everything to us. Yeah, it was just it was. Uh... It was funny because obviously Newcastle had always yeah, the black and white flags, and I was and I just remember waving the white flag in around like ninety. The checkered flag. Yeah, waving the checkered flag, but it was just it was just so emotional. But I, I I say this to this day, I don't think as a club, as a team, we were ready for that cup final. We were ready for the we were ready for everything else apart from the game itself. Difference? Do you think? Do you think if we'd had Nick Pope, it would have been a different story, or do you think uh, uh, psychologically as well? Do you think the way we played might have been because we knew we it not at full strength? Do you think there was a little bit? Do you think it got in psychologically as well as what he could have done in the very same game? It it just came at the wrong time. It just came at the wrong time because it was when we were at we're having our little mini dip. And like as you say, no Nick Pope, and like Wilson was out of form, and Howe didn't really want to play Isaac yet because he wasn't fully wound up. Uh-huh. I would have still started Isaac personally. Love Callum Wilson, but when you're not in form, you shouldn't play. Simple, yeah. but you know when you think back to that like that period of time, you know when we um, it was that Liverpool game where Pope done done that fucking rush of blood to the head. Well, already two 0 down, if I remember right. Yeah, and it was early. It was early in the game. It didn't end two 0 yeah, and it's, uh, that was a good result in hindsight. It, it felt like it was going to be double figures when it started like that, and then we lost uh, we lost my man between the sticks. Uh, it in that period of time, we lost a couple of other games around that, didn't we? Obviously, the cup final was one of them. I think we've done so well to bounce back from that in hindsight uh, to turn to turn it round and get back on my feet because that could have just been the end of our season there. Yeah, uh, you could have stumbled how I fell, and just everybody treads on top of me on the way over. But we fucking pulled ourselves by our bootstraps and got back and back in the front. Yeah, not yeah. just that, but like, sorry, Johnny, but like, 
wins as well off the back of that, like 5-1 away, 4-1 away, 6-1 at home. Like, we didn't half bounce back. It was you ridiculous. That, you know, that was the, the fight, sorry, 6-1 against Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. Is it 6-1? Yeah. yeah, five goals, five goals in the first eighteen minutes. That one, I was in Australia and uh, I had to watch it on Optus Sport at like two in the morning or whatever time it was on. It was always, it was always when I got in, and uh, I, I took an edible. I was on, I was on cannabis. It, <laughs> I keep thinking of the kids and I'm like an old groom. I had some wacky backy. I had some of the jazz hedge. They had, had you know, it was off a fan had given us it, and it was the homemade. It was like you know, if you if you're buying, if you're in America and you're buying an edible, you know what dosage you're getting. You can see the milligrams on the packet. If it's if it's a if it's a cookie that someone's made you, you just whatever. Like you get, let's find out. I, I was tripping. I was watching. I was watching the goals go in, and I thought I was watching a highlight reel and I'd missed the game. <laughs> and I couldn't, because I've got the game streaming in Australia, I'm two minutes behind everybody else. And if I pick up my phone, it comes with spoilers. So my yeah. phone's always in another room. It's always like it's not flashing up, it's not getting me attention because I'm going to get spoilers for the game. And I, I watched every single game out there. Uh, like live on my own just at two two in the morning or whatever. And I'm doing that. And I'm just like, if I get my phone, I'm gonna get spoilers. But also, have I fucked this up? Has the game already finished? And I really wanted to check if it finished because I felt like I was so high I thought I was watching highlights. <laughs> it was it was remarkable. <laughs> I think I watched the whole thing stood up. <laughs> just like my head was gonna explode. I think this can't be this is happening. Yeah, that's class. That is so funny. That is, that is so so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was I was at my kids' football match, so I missed the first half. I was watching it on my phone, but uh, yeah, yeah, your story is a bit more colourful. Uh, that's <laughs> funny, isn't it? When you've got when you've got an obligation as a match on. I remember um, when uh, christening Ben's christening, uh, me and my dad were uh, were watching the, the match on my, on my phones <laughs> while the Ben's being christened. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, you got you got to try like uh, people always get married on a weekend as well. There's always a match on at the wedding. <laughs> and, uh, so so unnecessary, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, everyone's talking about the Champions League, Kai. So we have to finish off with the Champions League. Um, is there a game, or is there a team rather that you would like to see Newcastle face? Because I think everyone has their own preference. I know Sam's mentioned. I think you mentioned Dortmund, haven't you, Sam? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I would like to see us take on AC at Milan just because I'd like to go to the San Siro. Yeah, because I've been to the San Siro, but not for a game. I went, I, I went there for the stadium tour, and I, I went to a game at the Bernabeu. So I, I feel like I've, I've ticked, I've ticked them off my list, even though I haven't seen a game at the San Siro. That would, that would be different. Uh, I want to go to the New Camp, Barcelona. I think it wouldn't even be at the New Camp though if we got them because it's been redeveloped. I would have known Spotify yeah. Arena. Yeah. Pretty much. Isn't it? Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even get that experience. No, sorry. Let's go in Germany then, buy in Munich. Well, you don't want to go you yeah. don't want to go to Rangers or Celtic on your doorstep. Uh, my last is gone in a couple of weeks. Is it like 14 for something? Yeah. She's got tickets and I'm away. <laughs> when when we play we're playing at Ibrox, Newcastle is a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next yeah, week. Last, but we, we could we, we could get one of them in the group stage, couldn't we? Yeah. I think. I think we can get. I think we could get Rangers. 
I think maybe that's what talking about that. We're like, it would be a little bit disappointing because we're going to, even if we can't get all the tickets, I think we're going to go and just be football tourists and go, go to the cities where we're playing, and it just wouldn't be the same. It was just here. Yeah, I just had to go outside. Yeah, it'd feel a bit of an anticlimax, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm going on my first Champions League away day. Where are you going? Glasgow. I uh, just do the road. Just do the yeah. Door, Further away days in the Premier League. But it's a Barcelona for you. Why, why Barcelona, Kai? Is there, is there a moment in memory or is it just because it's Barcelona? You know what I'm, I'm left doing now, Sam said that the stadium's not available. It was literally just the, you know, the collector's item of being to that stadium. Yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. I, sorry. Because I, I went to a PSG game in uh, January this year. So I went to the Park de Princes. Yeah, that does nothing for me, though, pl- playing against PSG, because it's all, it's like, it's like sure. new money, and it it doesn't have the it doesn't have the same esteem like Barca does or or the, one we of the Milan. We were for the tourists. It was uh, the, the lad lad next to us just recorded the whole match on his phone, just the whole game, just the, the, the atmosphere, the anybody singing. The, you know what? There was singing on the back the back wall. What would be their Gallagher, right? Jumping up and doing singing songs and all that, but none of it was none of it was in synergy with the football on the pitch. It was like they could have been doing that anyway. There was no, you know, they weren't breathing with a game of football the way that they say in James's Park, where like fucking we're, rea- we're reactive with stuff happening. If like, if a player does particularly well, there was fucking singing for Miguel Almiron or like whoever, whoever's like had a close call with they and that. I felt like they had just pressed play and they were doing the same songs and the same reactions regardless of what happened. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like there was a connection between the fans and the pitch at any, at any point through that game. Everyone was just there, like see Messi, see Mbappe, see Neymar. It wasn't like it didn't, mm. it didn't feel like ingrained like love for the team. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame, though, actually. I think, I think that's quite a shame. But I suppose that's the thing with Newcastle, though, isn't it? It's it's, it's not that even though this is an influx of money, Newcastle is a very much you know you work in class city and they just want to see a good game of football. They want to see entertaining football and they will cheer. They will. You know, have a, have a have a great atmosphere. So I, I hope I just hope we never we never lose that. Um, um, St James's Park. Nah, I can't I can't say it. I, I think as well, just how hot the ticket is. It's like you feel like if when you get hold of a ticket, you feel like you've got something that everybody wants. And it's like, uh, it, like I picked I picked up that PSG ticket last minute. You know, I was I was gigging out I was gigging out in France and I saw that they were playing on the Sunday. I mean, I was gigging Friday and Saturday. I saw they were playing on a Sunday. I booked a flight and a different flight home on the Monday. Stayed next to day just so I could get into that game. And I see Messi while he's still playing. And uh, there's no way you're going to pick up a ticket like that at the two. Not even if we're, not even if we're playing like fucking whoever, like like a lower league team. Like you're not getting a ticket the day before the match. Would you be against like expanding the stadium too much then? Because in case we lose that kind of purity of atmosphere. I don't know what to do. I, 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 every time I'm in that stadium, I fucking love it so much. But the fact that it's getting harder and harder to get a ticket, I, if you can't write, didn't change anything. And then what? You never get to go see a match again because you weren't the season ticket holder during the Ashley era. Mm. It's, 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 a, it's a hard one because I think the right thing to do is. Can, like, do you have any inside knowledge of if you can expand it or not? Because it's one of them things that keeps coming up. Like, there's going to be a metro in Blythe. <laughs> like, it's one of them things that's been mentioned. Army life is that if you turn it the other way, you can expand that way. And like, 
but nothing ever seems to ever get done. Yeah. But now that we've got the money, it's it's actually a possibility. Can we stay in the same place and expand? We, we can expand it. Don't tell me. Don't, I'll, I'll, I'll say to you now, it's it's not it's not impossible, but it's difficult. But they are looking into it. They actually have hired um, a company that will do some work in the next twelve months to basically go through every little aspect of how they could increase capacity. But there is ways of doing it. But it, I think it's just how much how much do they want to increase it to? I. I think if they were thinking, right, if we can get it somewhere between 65 to 70,000, I think that caters all needs. I think um, you've got enough. Because there is because the, 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 the argument is always supply and demand. How much demand there is and is, is there enough supply? Or, you know, it's a bit of both, I suppose. But at the minute, there's just far too much demand that Newcastle just can't supply right now. You, you're quite right, Kai. Every single game next season, regardless if it's an FA Cup game at home to Accrington Stanley, or a Premier League game against Manchester City, it will sell out. And that's where we are. That's where Newcastle are at right now because it, as you say, it's the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, I think I think the wrong thing to do would be, you know, when there was like uh, developments in that they could do it on the key side and they could help move a stadium there. Like there was part of us when it first got suggested where I was just like, you, you know what, like we've got so many good memories, Keegan's entertainers and all that attached to, to that stadium, but like the, the lasting memories being uh, the, the grim, the bleak one of the relegations and the selling players for high and not putting the money back in and, and the, the team constantly getting depleted every time it does well because of Mike Ashley. And then it was like, we're, we're hanging on to that stadium because of a time gone by, but now them times are back. Them times are back, and it's got that it's got that uh, that feeling again, where you just like we can't move house. This is my house. It, there was an imposter in it who fucking didn't take his shoes off and got mud on the couch. And now we've got him out. We've cleaned it back up again, and and, and I've got my house back. And you didn't you didn't want to move anymore. And there's always the risk as well if you move stadiums. Are they gonna have one of these multi-purpose ones where you can have NFL there and it's got a running track around it and we're a bit further from the pitch so that I can cater for other things and it doesn't have that boxed in atmosphere that you get at St. James's. So like if you wouldn't want it, you wouldn't want to move hoose. But you do want to let everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just finally, Kai, just two questions. One about yourself, one about the football. First, what's the future for Kai, um, uh, Kai Humphries in terms of this, the end of this year and going into 2024? And my final question on Newcastle United is, if there was one player you could bring in in the summer, who would it be? All right, that's a tough one. I'll answer the first one. Uh, so for me, I've just finished my own tour. I've done a show called Mischief. I've done it at the Fringe last year, and then I've took it all over the place. I've been to Australia with it and uh, done a bit of a UK tour there uh, to wrap it up. Uh, done it, sold out Newcastle twice. That was uh, Newcastle just hits differently. You know, like the ticket sales got so much better than everywhere else. The response is so much better. My accent, I can slip back into being from Blythe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, finish finish me words. I can cut them all short. <laughs> uh, so I just finished that. I'm going to start writing a new show around about now for next year's fringe, and then take that on tour. So between now and then, I'm right working on a new show that'll be starting at Glasgow Comedy Festival in March next year. And uh, between now and then, I'm going to be opening for Daniel Sloss all over the world. We've got a Canadian tour. We're going to go back and do an American tour. We've got a few more dates in the UK, some across Europe and that. Uh, we're just try he just, he's global now. He's done a couple of Netflix specials and just blew up everywhere. 
so we didn't have to stick to the locality anymore. We can just fly around. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that for the next little while. And if we could sign any player at Newcastle right now, it would be, it would be tempting to fucking. It would be lovely. Jude Jude Bellingham, but he's gone. Can you be? Can you say? Can you say a player who's just signed for someone? Yeah, Johnny wanted him as well. So uh, so no, you can't. You've got to say someone who, who is like who's, Johnny changed his mind and picked Teo Hernandez, but. Uh, yeah, Bellingham would have been nice. Fucking Harry Kane. If you're gonna be cheating like what they in a black and white shirt. <laughs> yeah, spot on. Absolutely yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shearer would go down and uh, pick him up and drive him back up, no bother. Uh, I think I think that would be a lot more palatable for Alan Shearer if he did it for the tune. Yeah. Mm, Harry Kane. Harry Kane yeah. and new, new, the next number nine for Newcastle. That'll be interesting. That would be certainly interesting. Well, Kai, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Really, really enjoyed. There's a love when we get the comedians on this. There's such good value. Oh, honestly, that's what Sam and I both both love both love talking to the northeast comedians. So we really do appreciate your time. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Links are all in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, then uh, give it a click. And if you are listening on Apple, then please hit that five star review. So from myself, Jonathan Greer, my co-host Sam Mulder, and today's guest, Kai Humphreys, we'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.